0: So today we are uh, finishing a series called Holy Ghost Stories. Last week I shared how God uh, calls us out to be separate and to be holy as He is holy. And today we're going to conclude the series by examining the spirit of fellowship and what it means to be in Christian community and how impactful it is for our well-being, for your wellness and wholeness. We're better together, my friends. Think for a moment how just just the horrible impact COVID had on our fellowship. Golly, it drove us into isolation, man. And whoo, crazy times. People were hungering to be together. We are incarnational people. We need to be brought together. And that just had a, a, just a horrible, like I said, a horrible impact. Seriously. Heartbreaking also to see those who are in assisted living centers. And I talked to several residents in our assisted living centers after the pandemic. And they said it was some of the most difficult time in their life. We need fellowship. We need community. Like I said, we are better together. A couple of decades ago in Eastern Europe, there was a massive increase in uh, orphans. There were so many orphans institutionalized that there wasn't enough uh, food or medical supplies or staff members, more importantly, to care for them. The babies often uh, past toddler age were kept in diapers and placed in cribs because there was no other way to care for them. They were just lifted out and fed and then put immediately back in and infrequently were their diapers changed. There was no real physical contact with other humans, especially the, the cuddling and the, the holding that those babies need to develop. Some of them ended up in uh, semi-catatonic states and often some of these babies would die from lack of human contact This condition is called Failure to Thrive Syndrome. And we need to understand that Failure to Thrive Syndrome can happen in our spiritual lives. It can be avoided. And it can be cured. But the prevention doesn't happen by itself. The key to avoiding this spiritual disease is through the vehicle of fellowship together. Fellowship is much more, I think, than what you think it is. We can see what it, what it is in, in the passage that we experience today. It's the prescription against failure to thrive syndrome. And you'll find it in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Let's look at this together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching into fellowship and to the breaking of bread into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, we read in this that one of the four things the early church devoted itself to was fellowship. Fellowship was an important part of their reason for meeting together. They couldn't help as the Holy Spirit filled them, they couldn't help being together. They wanted to be together. In fact, it says they devoted themselves to it. You know when you devote yourself to something or someone, it means you give all, man. You give a large part of your time and your resources to that person. And boy, you see it in Acts chapter 2. They met together every day because they wanted to. They were taught by the apostles. They ate meals together. They prayed together. They sold property. They gave it to money to anyone who had need. Now that is being devoted. In fellowship and that was the undercurrent of all that was happening. It's the Holy Spirit who puts fellowship in all of the church and it's a quite uh, on a quite different level than any other fellowship that we can experience. And we experience it here. The fellowship created, sustained, and directed by the Holy Spirit is what happened. There are four aspects of fellowship I want to talk about briefly this morning. Relationship, partnership, companionship, and stewardship. Now in relationship, the relationship aspect is the part that describes what the church is. We are a community of people who are bound together by our common life and by the blessings that we share together because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that transitions into our relationship with one another. And there's a partnership aspect. It describes how we're related to each other in that relationship. We are partners in the enterprise and calling of God in which we work together for a common purpose to obtain common objectives for the glory of God and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember the outcome of Acts 2? They enjoyed the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number every day. I think these people were on the outside and they were seeing these Christians operate it, operating. And they're like, I want to be a part of that. I want to dive into that. I want that love. I want that fellowship, that deep companionship. And it says people were at it every day. They couldn't help themselves. Now that glorifies God and moves the gospel forward. Do people see that in our fellowship? and in your fellowship. In Christian community, companionship also is an aspect of fellowship. It communicates closely through a spiritual level, the mutual sharing of the things of Christ, the attributes of Christ, the word, the filling of the spirit, the ministry, and the gifts of the church, the various members of the body of Christ operating in those gifts. There's a a vertical communion with God and a fellowship with the Lord, and there's a horizontal communion and fellowship with the body of Christ, with each other through large groups or smaller groups or one-on-one meetings that we can do. And finally, the aspect of stewardship is an important part of our fellowship. As stewards, we have to recognize that everything we have belongs to the Lord and has been given to us in trust from God to invest for His purposes. As believers we have to be willing to share what we have to share our gifts, our talents, our time, our material possession for the promotion of the gospel and to help those who are in need. Good stewardship stems from recognizing our relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, but it also recognizes our partnership in Christ's mission on earth. You see, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit drew the people together and united them in the bond of fellowship in these ways. And we are in the Holy Spirit. We are in the Spirit together, and we live in love and community in this way. The Holy Spirit just didn't come to, to have for you to have a new personal experience but to, uh, to have a membership and participation in a community that's beyond you it's been linked together with the bond and love of jesus christ so there's a word that is at the at the base at the root of what all i'm talking about and it's a beautiful word and i want you to say it with me it's it's koinonia say that koinonia you say it like you say it that in the olive garden man they'll be impressed koinonia. Koinonia is a Greek word that occurs like 20 times in the Bible. And koinonia primary meaning is fellowship or sharing in common or communion. Koinonia is also a deep covenant with one another. It's a shared life experience in Christian fellowship. And that's a key. That's a key for us. Believers in Christ are called to come together in love and faith and encouragement. That's the essence of koinonia. Philippians 2 verses 1 through 2 declares this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one of mind. Koinonia is being in agreement with one another, united in purpose and serving alongside of each other. I totally dig family language when we refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. You look around you, there's your sister, there's your brother. We're we are, we are family, man. We are family. We are family. I got all my sisters and me. That's real. We have that. It's based on our common koinonia in who? Jesus Christ. And when we have koinonia with him, we can't help but to have koinonia with each other. In 1 John 1, 6-7 says, If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son cleanses us from all sin. You see, this is corporate. Yeah, it's individual, but it's corporate together. As we walk in the light, we experience this cleansing that happens from His sacrificial love. We find in His blood. It's a powerful example of what uh, koinonia looks like in the Bible if you do a study of two words in in the New Testament. Two words, one another. I want to challenge you. Read the New Testament and underline how often it says one another. I'm just going to give you a few love one another, encourage one another, be kind to one another, comfort one another, edify one another, fellowship with one another, confess your faults to one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, minister to one another, bear one another's burdens. Let me get a breath. That is what true koinonia is. Your one anotherness. What if you practiced all of these? Would you be different? You bet your keister you'd be different. You would be no longer the same. You would be a transformed person. What does your one another look like, my friends? You see, we, we see right from our text this morning that as the apostles became filled with the Holy Spirit, they could not help but to establish these new communities in fellowship in Koinonia. They not only shared in the Spirit, but they shared in all life together. They shared meals. They shared homes. They shared money. They shared worship. They shared prayers. And they held everything in common. We need a reform in this area. We need to have this deep fellowship with one another again. And later, when the Gentiles began to hear the good news... They also became Christians. And we see the concept of koinonia used to include them, too, in that larger reality. Back then, Jews and Gentiles didn't intermingle at all. Each group thought poorly of each other. But when Christ was at work in them, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it allowed these two separate groups to come together. Everything was dissolved because the Spirit brought unity And they became one, true in Koinonia. Paul wrote about this in the early church in his his letter to the church in Ephesus. He said God had this secret plan, this mystery of unity that went uh, went beyond breaking down these cultural constraints. In Ephesians 3, 6, he says, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ look at our koinonia look at our fellowship all of our fellowship every ministry has this this koinonia is an additive of it look at the opportunities here at Anderson Hills and at our Salem campus community dinners bible studies, book studies, life group bands, men's rallies, women's rallies, mission trips. And then we got all our acronyms. We got UMW, ARM, AMEN, MOPS, AA, Fresh Expressions, preschool, hospitality, gardening, Wiz Kids, junior and senior high ministries, music team, Stephen ministers, grief care, divorce care, and the list can go on and on and on and on. How did this happen? God orchestrated it all. Ministry, a fellowship together. It's all nourishment for you and for me in community. We're fed by these activities. You know what? And what happens when we're fed? I believe we need to become feeders. God turns us into feeders in the care of others. The early church it practiced. This deep koinonia, and it came out. It it couldn't help to come out to serve and to help others who had need. I heard of a koinonia story that happened in a small Midwestern farming community in the mid-90s, 1990s. There was a single mom who was raising her high school freshman daughter. The mother and daughter could barely get by. On top of their financial hardship, the mother had many medical issues. And the mother didn't have health insurance and had a difficult time keeping up with the bills. The daughter was in 4-H and she was raising a cow to show at the summer 4-H fair. She was hoping to sell, <clears throat> to sell the cow and get some money for, for, from that cow to help out with the bills. She competed, she showed her cow in the, in the ring there. She placed third at the 4-H fair. Eventually, that cow came up for auction, and many of the business owners, the churches, the farmers at the auction had a plan to help this single mom and her daughter. Like I said, eventually that cow went up for auction, and the daughter received a a nice price for that cow. However, after the first auction was over, someone in the crowd yelled, Start the bidding again! And the cow was auctioned off a second time. And then after that, they said, start the bidding again. And the uh, the cow was auctioned off a third time, and then a fourth time, and then a fifth time. By the end of the evening, the cow was auctioned off and purchased over 30 times. The cow was then donated back to the daughter and the mom. All these local business owners, these farmers, these churches and other families helped raise money to cover most of their medical bills and also helped the mother and daughter with other necessities. You see, folks, that's a quality of koinonia, that Midwestern community directed by the Spirit to help people around them. It's the Spirit that creates and sustains Christian fellowship for the purpose of directing disciples of Jesus Christ to go beyond themselves and reach out and help others. The Spirit-filled Christian community is one that loves the community around it in both word and action. Beloved, we exist to worship God, but we also exist for the benefit of others. And God has given us gifts To build each other up. We can't clutch and hold on to our gifts. We have to share those gifts. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11 about these gifts. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit uh, a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. You see, these gifts are poured out by the same Spirit to many to accomplish the Lord's work through the church for the common good of those around us and in the body of Christ. And these gifts, they don't operate in isolation, my friends, they are interdependent. At least several of spiritual gifts are given to every believer, but no believer has all of them. They are meant to be used in concert, together. I use mine, you use yours, Uh, he uses his, she uses hers, they're all together. They all have spiritual gifts within the body of Christ. And Paul says, seek more gifts. Seek more gifts. Mother Teresa once said, What I can do, you cannot. What you can do, I cannot. But together, we can do something beautiful for God. You see, the purpose of our gifts, the purpose of our fellowship, is to glorify God and to expand the fellowship even more to those who might not feel included. But they see our fellowship, our koinonia, and they want to be included. They want to be a part of it. And expands the circle even wider. You see, one ministry where we've seen that working exceptionally well is our Embrace Grace ministry. They hosted a baby shower on May 7th, and it took many, many women using their gifts, their time, their talents, and their material possessions. And they promoted the gospel to help other women in need. It's this week's Holy Ghost story. Let's take a look at it.
1: I've always had a passion for single moms in crisis pregnancies. um, And I never really knew what to do with that passion until someone introduced me to Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace is a support group for single moms in crisis pregnancies and it's designed to help moms find a place of belonging within the church. Um, Not only does it provide them with support from other moms in similar seasons of life, but Embrace Grace introduces girls to the gospel and the hope found in Jesus. So when I was asked to help start this ministry at our church, even though I had a million other things going on, I was involved in so much, I had no margin in my life, and I was pregnant with our first child, it was something that I absolutely could not say no to. The Holy Spirit just pierced my heart, and it was one of those things that was just an immediate yes. When we first started our ministry, it was honestly really hard. We had a small team and we were trying to do everything by ourselves, and we were going to pregnancy centers, we were trying to find the girls, we were trying to get our resources out there so we could get connected with people. And it was just a lot of work and seemingly no fruit. We tried to start the class twice and nobody showed up. Throughout that entire difficult season, we did have a prayer group praying for us the whole time lynn Durflinger led a group that faithfully met every week and that was such a blessing for us and now we get to see the fruit of their labor and prayer in august of 2021 two years after the first time i heard about embrace grace we started our first support group and had three beautiful mamas join us and it was awesome it was still a lot of work and the three of us me melody and sarah were at the edge of burnout by the end of it and we realized We need a bigger team if we're gonna make this work. So the three of us decided to put all of our effort into growing our team. And in January, we threw a share the love party and invited people out to come hear about Embrace Grace. And so many people showed up so excited to serve. And from then on, I've just been getting emails and calls like almost every week of more people wanting to get involved in some way or the other. Our team has grown from the three of us to a few more leaders to a team of 30, at least 30 people um, on different teams and committees um, taking care of all things Embrace Grace. We have a dinner team that is bringing dinner to our group every single week so the girls have a nice warm meal when they arrive. Uh, that's been such a blessing. We have a hospitality team that helps to take care of the girls after they've had their baby. Uh, we still have Lynn Durflinger leading the prayer team that has now grown from um, a in-person meeting that meets every week to pray for the girls and also a virtual prayer team. Um, we also have Amy Cook doing all of the pregnancy center relations with us. So all of our outreach, she's coordinating that. And um, we just threw an amazing baby shower. And this is the party of parties, you guys. It is like... We don't skip anything for this. We want to shower these girls with so much love um, for them and their babies. And Michelle Trainer totally took over that for us, doing all the coordinating. She had her own team of volunteers. It was just a blast. And the girls felt so special, so loved, so showered uh, with God's love. And it was just an amazing way to celebrate them. There are so many other ways people have come alongside to serve, Um, even just the congregation buying all the baby shower gifts so that we don't even have to worry about that. You guys have been so faithful to um, to do that. Seeing how the Holy Spirit has invited other people into Embrace Grace has just made me so excited for what God has for the future of this ministry. Um, We couldn't do this without you guys, and I'm just beyond grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit in Embrace Grace. the Lord has changed lives because there are so many aspects of it and people have taken over the planning parts and the behind the scenes parts me and my team are able to focus on the girls meet with them for coffee during the week disciple them lead them to Christ tell them about God's love um, and just focus on our relationships with them and in that we've seen true fruit and true life change uh, which is what this ministry is all about so we couldn't do without you guys and we're so grateful
0: Amen. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. That's the church. See all these gifts coming together? Think, of, think about all the gifts. Leadership, exhortation, intercessory prayer, hospitality, giving, teaching, faith, evangelism, just to name a few. The church's role is to equip you to discover and to deploy your uh, gifts And calling to glorify God, edify others, and to bear fruit for God's kingdom. I want to say a huge uh, thank you to everyone who used their gifts and resources for the Embrace Grace ministry. It's a, a ministry that truly operates in the spirit of word and action. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? If not, you can contact the church office. We will help you. Discover your spiritual gifts. Are you connected in a Koinonia fellowship type of group to provide you that spiritual growth and the utilization of your gifts? If not, we can help you find that as well. You see, my friends, Christian fellowship through the Spirit leads to a healthy spiritual life, a healthy Christian life. So let's embrace the blessing of the spirit of fellowship together. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit uh, here, O Lord, upon us and fill this room and minister through just every ministry at Anderson Hills and through every person that encounters the beautiful ministries of this place. Deepen our fellowship with one another. Deepen our love for our community and those around us. Deploy us. God, take and use us and our gifts for your kingdom so that we can experience your spirit in the midst of our fellowship and our ministry. May it impact for your kingdom and thrive in a powerful way. Have your way, O Lord, with us and bless us and minister through us this day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.